I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right, did your Glenn Mack now, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino on a beautiful Saturday. Ray, let's not get out of here today without just discussing how horrible the Phillies have been. I mean, it's not really an important... <laughs> it's, it's not at the top of the list. Not on the tip of your tongue. No, but they deserve to get ripped, and that's our job to do it. They're hideous. And they're, you know, and they're getting killed by bad teams. Yes. I mean, you get swept in San Diego. Are you kidding? Terrible. They get beat 10-2 to 2 by the Giants. Oh. They were down something like 3 to nothing after eight pitches last night. Something. It's, it's awful. So it, I, it is awful. I want to make sure we, just, we do address that at some point. Uh, but it is noon on a Saturday. We always talk with our doctors from Cooper Bone and Joint. Our favorite theater goer, Dr. David Gelt, joins us. <laughs> Doc, what did you do this week? I actually went to see Tommy and me. And I just wanted to let you know, Ray, that, uh, again, we, we spoke uh, Wednesday after the show, but uh, we always want to congratulate you. It was a really well-done show. Uh, Thank you. Acting was very good, and uh, you should be very proud of yourself. Thank you, Doctor. Yeah, I'm real, I'm real, happy, with the, I'm real happy with the way it's gone. <laughs> uh, the way people have responded to it has been tremendous. And I'm really glad that you, and it was your father-in-law, right, that came with you? Correct. Yep. yep. That was great. I'm glad you had a good night. Yeah, it was a good time. My Thank question you. is, though, if it comes a movie, who's going to be playing Ray? <laughs> my my wife is pushing for Bradley Cooper, actually. Oh, yeah. Ah, very sure, <laughs> logical pick. Your well, she, her, her hope is that, that that's how it'll work out. That Bradley Cooper will get picked, and he'll have to come and like live with us for a month while he studies. Oh, shadow you. That, that's there sort of my go. wife's thinking here. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. While Ray continues his dream world, Doc, let me ask you a question. The Eagles. Tra- the, the good news is Eagles had no real injuries coming out of the game Thursday night. Right. But the guy they traded did, and when they traded Jordan Matthews in his very first practice as a Buffalo Bill, he got he had a cracked sternum, a fairly rare injury as far as I know in football. What does that mean? Yeah, I saw it described as a chip fracture of the sternum. So what what does what does that mean, yeah. doctor? So basically, the sternum is your breastbone, so right in the front of your chest, and um, you know it, it is fairly. Uh, Uncommon. We don't see it as much. Usually you'll see like a rib fracture or a clavicle fracture more than actually the, the breastbone itself. And sometimes you can have a little piece that can break off uh, or just a, a hairline fracture right where it sort of connects to the ribs. It's treated very similarly to if it was like a rib fracture or something of that sort. Um, you don't put yourself in a big cast or anything of that sort. And it's really just uh, let time uh, heal it. You know, it's going to be a little painful initially just because every time you take a breath, uh, it's going to move, and that's going to hurt a little bit. But um, you can usually put some extra padding on, and you know, within uh, a few weeks, you can start going back as tolerated. Hmm. It was. Uh, I saw the play. It, it happened in, in practice. It was, in fact, it was his first practice in Buffalo. That, yeah. um, and when you heard that, I thought it was probably a contact kind of thing, but it wasn't. It just somebody fell on him. I mean, it was just two. Yeah. They, they just went for the ball, and he fell, and the guy who was covering him fell on top of him, and that's and that's how he got it. Yeah, just it's really one of those uh, fluke injuries where you don't really see it very often, so it's, it's pretty uncommon. So if I'm if I'm I'm trying to figure out where this is. If if I'm touching my chest, is it the area right in the middle where the ribs connect? Yeah. So basically, it's right smack in the middle where I, it's called the breastbone in the, mm-hmm. the common term. So basically, if you you look right in the center of your chest, 
uh, and you feel where the ribs come in and attach right in the middle, um, that's basically where it is. If you're the Buffalo Bills or if you're Jordan Matthews himself, are you concerned this is something that will dog him through the season? Uh, he should be okay. Uh, it's, like I said, it's not that common, but, uh, again, it's treated fairly similar like a rib fraction. I'm not sure how big the, the chip is, if it's something that's uh, you know, a large piece or anything of that sort, but usually uh, people will do okay, and it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be a problem for him. What would your guess be in terms of a return? I mean, there's no real reason to rush him back. It is the preseason. Um, but would it be realistic to think that he could be ready for opening weekend, September the 10th? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, we still have uh, several weeks to go. So, um, again, it really is depending on what his pain tolerance is and, and how he's doing. But uh, it's definitely doable that uh, he could be ready for the season. Dr. David Gelt, uh, noted theater goer, and uh, Dr. Cooper Bonin Join, orthopedic specialist. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Uh, you Thank you, well. doctor, and thanks for coming to the play. That was very, it was a nice surprise to see him. Because I remember he mentioned last week he was coming, and I had forgotten and then after the performance on Wednesday night, he came up and, and said hi and introduced me to his father-in-law who came with him. So that was really nice. I appreciate them coming out. It's a rough one for Jordan Matthews, too. You know? Yeah. First he practice. He traded. Well, think about this. He's got a great friendship with Wentz, right? We went through that last week. Wentz drove him to the airport, yeah. right? And he, I'm sure he's heartbroken about being traded. This is the team that drafted him. Right. He lives here. He knows here. He has friends here. Team looks like it could be pretty good. Gets traded to Buffalo. Listen, I'm not ripping my old hometown. I love Buffalo, but it's a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 1999, and you're going to play with Tyrod Taylor. So you can't like that part. you got to meet all new people. You go there, and in your very first practice, boom, you get hurt. Yeah. It's a bad week. It really is. I mean, And, and I'm sure this was a very emotional Time for him. I mean, you, you heard what happened. I mean, night before he left, a bunch of the players took him out for dinner. They all went out to dinner together. Uh, and then Wentz drives him to the airport. They obviously had a really close relationship, the two of them. It was hard on both of them. Matthews has to fly up to Buffalo, join a new team. Uh, and he, he's welcomed by the fact that the people in Buffalo think it's a lousy trade. Right, because I mean, they, it, they traded away Sammy Watkins in another deal. You're right. So, there, I mean, he's, he's, he flies into a situation where he's not happy to go, I'm sure, walks in, and he immediately starts reading about what a, you know, he's, what a bad trade it is uh, and how it's, you know, the, organ, the, the team is taking a step back and they're, they're, they're tanking and all this other stuff is being said. And then in his first practice, he goes out and suffers this injury, and now he's probably going to sit for a little while. I, I think he'll be okay. As the doctor said, I think he'll probably be okay for the regular season. But it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly a rough a rough start in a new in a new situation for him. It is. Uh, we said we were going to talk Phillies. Ray, when I talk Phillies, the caller I want to talk to is our friend Neil from the Northeast. Oh yes, he joins us now. With I guarantee you, Ray, he's spitting anger. You know, I'm not happy. Obviously, you know, losing against the Padres, the you now six in a row, and you know, Eflin had another bad outing. And, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, because. Actually, Glenn and, you know, Hoskins and Williams, and, you know, they called up, and they may, maybe in September they still got Kingry and uh, and maybe J.P. Crawford, who's, like, actually hitting pretty well. You know, maybe they should be, consider bringing up Lively again, or, you know, um, maybe one of the, you know, whether, you know, Brandon Lieberthal or, or Tom Esser, you know, like men, you know. Like Ray, 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 your thoughts. <laughs> 
I, I take it that you're ready to just turn this season over to the minor leaguers and just let them play it out, huh? Just wondered, Dan, do you think McConnick would be back? Because I think like, uh, maybe Dusty Warson, you know, like in Lehigh Valley, you know, and, and Redding before, you know, being a natural choice for the manager next year because he's been with, like with the team and he knows most of the players. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, like he was actually, you know, like last year when Williams didn't run out one, he was actually tough with him and maybe, you know, with a double, you know, some say maybe McCann hasn't been tough enough, you know, with a double, well, you know, with a running. Well, it's funny, Ray and, and Neil, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. You and I were discussing during the, the break kind of Pete McCann thing, and you made what's a very valid point. Which was? Which was, they're going to lose 100 games. If they lose 100 games, how do you bring them back? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, this team has been bad many times. They, just, they haven't lost 100 games very often. And if they, lose, if they lose 100, and they're on pace now to lose like 105, I think. Well, they could lose 105 by the end of the week. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't, know how, I don't know how you bring them back, to be honest with you. I, I really don't. Yeah, I'm more of a, I've always been more of a McCannon fan than you. I think he's, he's an adult. Um, I like his demeanor. Um, but the team's fundamentals remain horrible. They're terrible. Yeah, I mean, and guys are still making so many stupid mental mistakes. Right. Bad at bats, bad base running. Guys throwing to the wrong bases. Is anybody listening to anything any of these coaches are saying? That's why I can't defend him, and that's why I think, along with the pitching coach, who's my first guy, I definitely get rid of. The hitting coach gets fired as a matter of course around this town. That's like, right, you know setting the table they just every day they, they pick a new hitting coach he'll be gone yeah ray if they get rid of the entire staff and pete's among them i will not shed tears yeah i mean you know i like juan samuel but i mean really how many guys has he had gotten thrown out no, of the home plate third base is not if they move if they keep juan samuel because he's an organization guy and move him to another position where he can do less damage that's fine, but he can't be your third base coach. Yeah. I mean, I've, t I've told you what my theory is about that. You never put a fast guy as a base coach because he thinks everybody <laughs> runs as fast as he did. Except Lopes was great. Lopes was very good. Lopes was a very good well, – the thing that Lopes was really good at was teaching guys how to be base stealers, mm -hmm. how to take a lead, when to get a jump. Lopes was the rare exception of a fast guy who knew how to coach guys to be faster. That's a great theory, though. I like that theory. But the problem is if you have guys that are – most other guys, and I think Sammy is, is a classic example of that – He's playing the game in his head by the situation, and he's looking at a ball in the outfield, and he's thinking, well, we can make, I can Cameron make this. Cameron Rupp, go. The only problem is it's Cameron Rupp running, not you. <laughs> he's he's getting guys great. thrown out by 20 feet. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. I hadn't considered that he's remembering his days. Yeah, he sees a ball in the gap and says, why? Well, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> oh, wait, it's my 280-pound catcher that's running. It's not me. Oh, that's, yeah. They're, I mean, they're awful. They're hey, but by the way, on another baseball note, you got another baseball. Note? Yes, I, I just and this is this is an oh by the way because yeah. nobody cares about baseball in this town anymore. I always care about but, baseball. But Clint, well, I was just looking today and Dodgers. I was looking Let at the box score. Dodgers. The Dodgers yeah. record. Yeah, give they're me a, eighty-six and thirty-four. They're fifty. They're fifty-two games over five hundred. Amazing. They never lose. They never lose. They never lose. They are unbelievable how it's come together. For them, they were projected to be one of the favorites at the start of oh, the year. Yeah. So it's not taking everybody by surprise, but would you say 86 and 32? It, yeah. That's un, that is... 86 and 34. They're 52 okay. games over 500. It's unbelievable. I don't know what the pace puts you at, but it sounds like it's about 115, which was the record, 111, yeah. 108, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing how good they are. Um, the bullpen is great. The starting pitching is solid. Even Kershaw got hurt. 
Uh, it's been great, the lineup top to bottom. And I'll tell you what's nice to see. Chase Utley's not particularly a, a, a real good player anymore. I think he's been about 240. He doesn't lot of, have a lot of power. He's never had a lot of range. But he is a very useful player on that team. Right. Uh, what they call him like the, the Silver Fox, I think. You know, next week they're doing that ridiculous thing, which we should spend some time next week talking about, where they're having them all put on softball uniforms with their nicknames. Yeah, because ridiculous. Baseball's trying to be cool. Right. Baseball's not cool. No, it's not. One of the things about baseball, it's I love baseball, but it's not cool. It's baseball. And the only thing worse than that is something that's not cool trying to be cool. Right. And be what you are. Right, and that's what they're doing. Exactly. They're trying to be young and hip, and no, no, you're baseball. Don't, don't fake it. But Utley's uh, nickname on his softball jersey next week is Silver Fox, which <laughs> is what he is on the Dodgers. Right. He's the old head. He's the experienced. He's the guy who's won a World Series and hit six home runs in another World Series. And on that team, it really works. Um, I don't particularly have a rooting interest currently in baseball with the Phillies doing this bad. But if the Dodgers get there to see Utley in the postseason one more time, I'd look forward to that. Oh, sure. And I, I, I would, too. But I'm, it just, I mean, I hadn't really been following the overall baseball thing for a while because the Phillies have been such a have been such a, a non-factor, really. But I, I just happened to look at the box scores today, and I began looking at the standings, and the Dodgers just just jumped out at me. I said, oh, my God, they're yeah. 52 games over 500. I mean, the Colorado Rockies are having a pretty good year. Yeah. And they're 19 games back. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, had, I mean, I knew the, the Dodgers. going to make it as a uh, wild card there? Yeah, he got a shot. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, I, I was just looking at that, and I thought, oh, my gosh. Because I, I knew every day I looked at, the, at this. Yeah, you hear the results. Your Dodgers win. Dodgers win. So I just thought, let me just see what their record is, and I couldn't. They were fifty-two games over five hundred. There were a couple stats that were unbelievable with them until recently. One is their record in games that they were leading was like this is not current, but at one point it was like fifty-two and two. Mm-hmm. Like they never blew leads, um, and their closer at one point had. 55 strikeouts and zero walks. I mean, just like these crazy, unbelievable statistics that could never happen. Yeah. And they're doing it this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the baseball segment. Yeah, that was our baseball segment. There you go. Philly still in last place? Uh, yeah, last time I looked. Okay. Dave, you're on 94 WIP. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Hey, Glenn. Uh, hey, Ray. How you doing? Hello, Dave. Uh, before I get to my Lane Johnson uh, point, um, Glenn, have you ever seen the Netflix uh, show uh, Last Chance You? Yes, I watched the first season, which I reviewed when <laughs> it we do. Like uh, a train wreck. Yeah. Um, what do you mean a train wreck? I, I, I thought mean, it was a terrific it, show. Yeah, I mean, but how it ended, how that first season ended. Oh, was, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, with with basically a riot breaking out on the sidelines. Yes, um, but this was the show, Ray. And we talked about it. It's a tiny little school. In Mississippi, where Scuba. Scuba, Mississippi, which is nowhere, where kids who screwed up and couldn't go to four years university go to this junior college, which had like the best junior college program in the country. I think the backup quarterback's now playing for the Bills, as a matter of fact, or he was last year. Right. LeGarrette Blunt went through there. Right. LeGarrette Blunt went through there. That's right. They, they listed all the players. Yeah, it's a good show. It's back for another season, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it um, yeah, it goes through the next season, and then there's another season after that, also. But um, um, yeah, I think it's just unbelievable. Um, 
It was a good show. The talent. I mean, you know, there's an on uh, there's an on the field and then there's an off the field segment. But once they get on the field, it's just amazing the athletes that they have that they put on the field. But um, Lane Johnson. So I'm watching Lane, and uh, I'm kind of getting the feeling that. Do you think he's going to turn out like the guy in the program? You know the guy in the program who was on the steroids and then all of a sudden he, you know, he gets, he gets Latimer. busted. And Latimer. Yeah. I don't, but Ray, if you want to address yeah, this. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I think, he's, I think he's a real good player. Um, his, um, I think it will always be an ongoing battle with him to keep his weight up, and he's going to have to find a way to do that uh, within the rules. Um, but he's 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 technically such a good player, and he's such a good athlete at that position that um, I think no I, I I don't foresee that at all. I mean he had a he had a real rough go of it Thursday night. He just looked uh, he looked like a guy that was playing out of position, which he was at left tackle. But if, watching him last last year at right tackle, he was very good. I mean it's a shame that he missed the games that he missed, uh, and they were they were a very different team when he was on the field versus when he was not on the field. But he's when he played last year, I thought he played as good he played as good as any right tackle in football and I you know, I, I have no doubt that he's gonna be fine. He's gonna go back to right tackle this week when Peters comes back and he'll be fine there. Can you just like turn it on and turn it off like that? And and I mean, you know, I, I get it about the preseason and everything like that, but you know, when it's go time, you know it's is, is, there, is there a switch that he... No, I, I, no, it's not a matter of a switch. I, I really do think it was just... I, I just think he was thrown off playing on the left side. It's just... It's not the same. I mean, it really is... It's really not the same. The whole... It's like you're, it's like you're playing the game looking in a mirror when you move from the right side to the left side. Everything is sort of... Everything looks and feels kind of backwards to you. I mean, if people don't under... Don't, people don't really appreciate the, the, the difference between the two sides, especially when you're talking about the offensive tackle position, right tackle, left tackle are, are very, very different positions. And it's there's and I know that the that the Eagles projection for him is that whenever Jason Peters is finished, that Lane Johnson is just going to move over there and become the left tackle. And I think he probably can do that when it's a full time thing and he fully prepares for it. I think he's a good enough athlete that he can make that conversion. But to do it in the middle of the week on short notice, the way he had to this week, is going to throw is going to throw anybody off, and it definitely affected him on Thursday night. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. That's Ray Dinger speaking that wisdom. I'm Glenn Mack now, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino. So the other uh, night, my wife and I were out at the brewery, um, enjoying just a fun night, and I thought to myself, you know, it'd be nice to top off date night with some Bassett's ice cream, and sure enough. Right across the street on DeKalb Street, Frosty Falls, the newest Bassett's ice cream partner, right there in Bridgeport, just over the bridge from Norristown. And wow, this place gets it. You know they get it because they serve Bassett's, a locally owned Philly favorite, making summer sweeter and family memories brighter for over 150 years. Stop over at Frosty Falls in Bridgeport, right on DeKalb. Share some smiles with family and friends because everyone smiles over Bassett's ice cream. 
Sports Radio 94, WIP, 2020 Sports. I'm Sue Schilling. The Phillies continue their long and winding road trip in San Francisco tonight. The Phillies have lost their first five games on this road swing after losing last night to the Giants 10-2. Zach Eflin really struggled when five innings allowed six runs and seven hits. Phillies manager Pete McCannon looking for answers on Eflin's troubles this season. Last year he, would, he had some real good games and he hasn't been able to duplicate that so far this year you know it could be his his new knees that he's got fixed and whatever the reason uh, he had some arm issues earlier Jared Eikhoff looks to stop the bleeding when he takes the hill for the Phillies tonight. First pitch, 9.05. You can hear the game right here on 94 WIP. Leading off with Ruben Frank will get underway at 8 o'clock. Eagles back on the practice field tomorrow. They'll continue their preseason schedule Thursday night at home against the Dolphins at 7 o'clock. The Eagles and Dolphins will hold joint practices this week. CBS 3 Eyewitness weather hot and humid this afternoon. Mostly sunny, high 90. Mostly clear, warm, and muggy tonight. Low 69. It's 87 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before before and after every hour. For breaking news and scores, go to cbsphillysports.com. Follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Ray Ninja, Glenn Mack now, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino. So, Ray, we're trying to put together our um, stupid football bet, which, I mean, I guess we got a couple of weeks to do it before the season starts, but we're yeah. trying to think of something. haven't really come up with much great, so a couple decent ideas. By callers, um, more the better. I put on Twitter, the first one that came up was a Nelson Aguilar bet. Right, over-under on catches. Which has merit because it's kind of unknown what he's going to be doing this year, how right. much he's going to contribute. You've always been an Aguilar fan. I've always been an Aguilar skeptic. So there is kind of a good debatable topic there. I put on Twitter this. I put this question on Twitter. i got to get to this top. I said, what's a fair over-under on Aguilar receptions for 2017? Asking for a friend. Hashtag stupid football bet. Mm-hmm. So here's the numbers I got. Just kind of, you know, crowdsourcing this thing. Actually, the first response is the best. Guy says 49.5. That's just over four catches a game. Not since they expanded the schedule from 12 games, but <laughs> Whatever. So here's one guy says 60 is a good number, then 37, 16, um, 46.5, 45, 45.5, 49, 50. There does seem to be kind of a consensus of right in there, 45 to 50. 36, 55, 28.5, and I'll take the under, says Pat. 64.5, says Ron. 43, 43.5, 44. 45. I mean, there, a lot of them are right in there. Mm-hmm. guy named Matthew says 39.74. Well, I guess we wouldn't have a push there. Uh, Deron says 3 to 3.5 per game, which means 48 to 56. That would be considered a breakout year and a bet where Ray would have to suck up and defend his guy. Uh-oh. I see this as a possibility. And I think that number right in there between 45 and 50 might might be a fair number. Um, yeah, I mean, before you showed me that, and I was just thinking off the top of my head with this now being a possibility of being our bet, I began thinking generally in terms of numbers, and that's kind of where I was thinking. Somewhere in the somewhere in the somewhere between forty-five and fifty mm-hmm. was kind of where I was coming down. It seems like a lot of people are thinking the same. Yeah, I mean, 
the the high here is 68.57, but the low here is 39. You know, so you take away the outliers, it really is falling right in there. Certainly something we would have to keep considering. Yeah, well, I'm trying to figure out exactly what Doug Peterson's offense is going to look like. Um, How many times is he going to deploy three wides, four wides? How many times is he going to go three tights? How much are the tight ends going to play? That's going to have something to do with it. Um, you know, I think Zach Ertz's role is going, to exp- is going to be bigger this year. I think Ertz is going to get a lot of opportunities, uh, especially with Jordan Matthews gone. Uh, I-, I think that Wentz is going to be looking to Ertz a lot. Uh, I think with better play on the outside. Breakout with- year for Ertz, Ray. I, I-, I know we've, <laughs> we've said that. Well, <laughs> Not us as much as other people. Everybody, it's been—it's always been—it's always been that this is going to be the big Zach Ertz year, Mr. December. Much the way we always kept hearing this was going to be the L.J. Smith year, Gosh. and you know it just seems to work at the tight end position. But I, I do think that this—I'm I'm buying into it a little bit more this year than other years because of the way I, I kind of see the whole offense unfurling here. I think you got. Wentz, I think Wentz and Ertz really did develop a pretty good chemistry down the stretch last year. I think it's something they can carry into this year. Uh, I think with better play on the outside with Jeffrey and Smith, that the coverage is going to have to roll to the outside more than it did, so it won't pack in the middle. Uh, and I think it's going to open up some more space for Ertz. I, I See, I think he could really have a big year. And if he becomes the go-to guy in this offense, then that's fewer throws to the slot. You know, Matthews has been the leading receiver as the slot, so you would think, well, that's, that's the high-volume position there, so Aguilar should catch a lot of passes. I don't know. I think the offense is going to change a little bit this year. I think the tight end, I think that Ertz is going to become kind of that go-to guy. So that's, those are all the things that I'm trying to factor into what I think is a realistic number for Aguilar. Will Ertz get in the end zone? Because he's, over the course of the, his first few years, Ertz has a lot of catches. Right. He doesn't block. We know he can't block. You saw him miss a block in this game. He missed a bad block. Right. Um, but that's kind of who he is. But the part that always surprised me is how rarely he gets in the end zone. What is he, he's averaging like three touchdowns a year? Yeah, he's got four seasons. He's got 13 touchdowns, right. which when you're talking about 247 catches, 13 touchdowns is not a lot of touchdowns. Right. First and goal at the seven, to me, he should be part of that offense, and he never has. Yeah, especially a guy with his size. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he should, be, he should be a prime red zone target. But, again, down in the red zone this year, I'm looking for Jeffrey to be that guy. So we'll see. Let's talk to Jerry in Roxborough. Jerry, you're on 94 WIP. Why, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, there. Talking about Pete Buchanan earlier. Oh, one question quick. You said you were out with your wife at a brewery during commercial. What brewery was that? That was, thank you, that was the Conshohocken Brewing Company <laughs> in Bridgeport. Where, Ray, we've just opened the outdoor beer garden. Yes. Right on the Schuylkill River. Mm, sounds lovely. Even more fun, Ray. I'm sure it is. Uh, you psyched up enough my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete McCannon. You know, one time I'd like to see an interview with him where they say, you know, what's going on? You know, why can't these guys play fundamentals? Him just say, you know, I talked to him about him a hundred times. There are a bunch of hammerheads with guaranteed contracts. And they just don't listen. I'm trying, I'm trying, but they're just hammerheads. And, well, that uh, will be on the last day of his job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, uh, you know what the problem is? He's a nice guy. He's likable. But he, he can't stay just because he has to perform. 
What's the evaluation of the general manager? Yeah, I'm not delighted with the general manager. Uh, he's not going anywhere. Um, Lee McPhail, who's a ghost, right, is not going to fire his young no Ivy League educated GM. No, um, they're a team, and so we'll get at least certainly another year of that. I want to see John Middleton come out and blow a gasket. That that would please me. Well, see, I think that if if I'm Middleton, who made a big point earlier this year about saying, you know, we're about winning and we want to win, and if if that's really going to be the the, the tenor of your organization, that, that winning is important and winning matters to you as the owner, then you can't possibly keep a manager that loses a hundred games. I mean, the the the, the, the two the, they're just too inconsistent on their face. If if you if if they lose a hundred, and and Middleton keeps Pete McCannon, then you got to look at Middleton and say, well, you, yeah, you don't really care. I mean, all that stuff you told us about winning matters does. You obviously didn't mean it because you're bringing back a manager that lost 108 games. So I, I think that that's. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much he how much he really meant it anyway. I mean, you heard him. He said all the right things, and people responded positively because, oh, that's great to have an owner's talking like that. Well, okay, let's let's see it put into action. You know, and I, but I agree with you. I, mean, I think Clintac, the general manager, they're certainly going to stay with him because he's the young guy they hired, and they feel like they, you know, they believed in him. They put him in there for a reason, and I don't think they're ready to give up on him now. The, the coaching staff and the manager, I think, are in more jeopardy, and they probably should be. I do have one more question. I'm only allowed to envy one person. Should it be the guy in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? They're the guy who eats a lot of fast food and gets a free beer all the time. I don't eat fast food. I eat good food. I'm sorry. But that's I okay. Ray, Ray is the one you should envy. Ray is the accomplished one. <laughs> I don't know about that. Speaking of which, you know what they had at the brewery this week? I did not eat it. But I will tell you that I went there with my nephew the other night. Yeah. Who's 17, and he scarfed this thing down. Uh-huh. It is a cheeseburger on a donut. And he thought it was the greatest invention of his lifetime. You know, that that's a trend now. I've yeah. read that that's being served in other places. We sold quite a few of those at the brewery this week. Well, describe it to me. How does it work? You take a donut, you cut it in half, you put a cheeseburger on it. Now, what kind of donut? Glazed donut? It was a glazed donut, yes. Okay. The name of the dish was Glazed and Confused. That's, <laughs> that's, on the menu. that's very clever. That was the name on the menu, yes. And apparently we sold out of them. Really? Yep. That's, that's just a little too weird for it's me. It's a little... See, it's not the combo that... I, I, I will try odd food combos. I know who, I can... Uh, Chris Carlin discussed this this week. I will try odd food combos. I'm okay with that. Yeah. With this one, it's just... I eat enough bad stuff that, like, inviting quick certain death is not something I want to attempt. Yeah, and you would be there. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are food groups that should just stay apart. Glazed donuts in and of themselves are fine. Burgers in and of themselves, perfectly fine, but they should not. They shouldn't All be together. All going to the same place, right? I suppose. Uh, just uh, I, I, I don't see them as as something that should be on the same plate. As I said, my 17 year old nephew loved it though. Huh? Gave it a very high endorsement. You have a very nice array of burgers at your place. I will say that. Thank you. The Prof Burger is still there. Prof Burger is a big seller. Should be. It's second, a great burger. Second biggest selling thing on the menu. Absolutely. All right, Ray. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> right, right. Mac now, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino on 94 WIP. Hey, let me tell you about a great experience I had recently at the Turnersville Auto Mall. 
I have never been at a place with so many thousands of vehicles in one spot. I took a tour of the auto mall with Peter, my new buddy. He took us for a drive. They have a test track behind the auto mall. What a fun ride that was. The Turnersville Auto Mall turns the hassle of buying a car or truck into an experience that you can enjoy. See what I'm talking about by experiencing the Turnersville Auto Mall difference for yourself. When it comes to competition, the winner is clear. Turnersville Auto Mall. Nine brands in two convenient locations. Saving selection service all there at the Turnersville Auto Mall. Convenient from everywhere in the Delaware Valley. Hundreds of Acura, Audi, BMW, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, and Toyotas. Pick an easy winner with South Jersey's largest new and pre-owned inventory, Turnersville Auto Mall, Route 42 in Turnersville. That's turnersvilleautomall.com. Sports Radio 94, WIP, 2020 Sports. I'm Sue Schilling. Phils and Giants play again tonight in San Francisco. This road trip has not been kind to the Phillies. They've lost their first five on this swing. After losing last night to the Giants 10-2, Zach Eflin lasted only five innings, allowed six runs and seven hits. Phillies manager Pete McCannon on Eflin's struggles. Uh, He didn't have command of his secondary stuff, nor did he have good command of his fastball. So it was basically, he, he really just didn't pitch well. Tonight, the Phillies will turn to Jarrett Eikhoff to take the mound. First pitch, 9.05. The game could be heard right here on 94 WIP. Leading off with Ruben Frank will get underway at 8 o'clock. The Eagles will be back on the practice field tomorrow. They'll continue preseason play Thursday night at home against the Dolphins, kicking off at 7 o'clock. Eagles and Dolphins will hold joint practices this week. CBS 3 Eyewitness weather, hot and humid this afternoon, mostly sunny, high 90, mostly clear tonight, warm and muggy. Low 69. It's 87 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour. For breaking news and scores, go to CBSPhillySports.com. Follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. Sports on Sports Radio 94. Right in your Glenn Macnow, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino. We'll sneak in a call or two before we get out of here. Bob in Wilmington. Bob's on 94 WIP. Hello, Bob. To the powder. All right, let's get to Jerry. Jerry, I'm sorry, my mouse is kind of frozen. There it is. Jerry, you're on 94 WIP. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, we got uh, you. Hey, I, I, I'm going to apologize in advance. I, I had to take a call for 10 minutes, so hopefully I'm not duplicating anything. But I want to talk about the receivers. Now, you mentioned Aguilar a lot. I'm going to talk about what I believe. I know it's only been two games, but I'm going to call him the anti Aguilar. That's Matt Holland. I mean, special teams, uh, guy has no fear. He, he catches the ball, he's running, he's laughing. Uh, I, I predict he may even supplant Aguilar, you know, halfway through the season. But but I uh, like Hollins, and then if, if there's a choice between Treggs and, and Humphrey, you know, on the, for the, the roster, I'm keeping Treggs. You know, let, you know we've got I, – I don't see much from Humphrey. He can't make it through the line. And – you know, receivers or premium they get hurt. So, well, you, you uh, got we, a lot. You got you got a lot of receivers. You don't have many backs. That's the problem. If you keep the backs, believe it or not, I think if you go straight forward, if you have if you put in uh, with this in the line, and you have the other people, and you just keep uh, Blunt, Clement, Marshall, and Sproles. I think you just put them straight ahead with our line and with Nuski. Um, I, I think we, we're, we're good, and I, and I like the uh, 
keeping Treggs and, and Hollins and uh, Johnson. Well, Hollins, uh, wow. the trouble, <laughs> the, yeah, well, they're not going to cut They're not going to cut. They're they're not like gonna, they're not gonna cut wide receivers on this team. They're not going to cut Pumphrey. I mean, they, they drafted him in fourth round. They, they're going to they're gonna give him a year to just work with him. It's just two preseason games. I wouldn't be so quick to judge. Um, Hollins, they do like Hollins, and they have reason to like Hollins. He's good. I mean, his kid's got size. He's 6'4", and, he's, uh, and he runs really well. I mean, he runs a 4'5". Uh, and he's going to be a good special teams player right away. Uh, I don't see him as a slot receiver. I, I mean, I I think if he's going to play receiver, and he may very well be play, playing receiver here at some point, um, I don't think this year, but I think he has a chance to be. I think he's an outside receiver. I think he's – I don't see him as a guy that's – with his frame and the way and his stride, I don't think he's a short space, middle of the field guy. I think he's a guy they're going to play outside because he – I mean, he can really run, and I, I think he'll play – Outside receiver, I don't see him being a guy that's going to replace anybody in the slot. I think he's just better. I think he'd be better outside than inside. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ray, just one thing I wanted to bring up before we get out of here, and we just uh, stood for the national anthem here at Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino. P- people probably heard it in the background. And it just reminded me on Thursday night um, at the Eagles game, um, Malcolm Jenkins is this year during the anthem standing there, fist raised. Not moving around or anything, but he's, he's letting it be known uh, that he is speaking out, as he has said, um, for or, or against, excuse me, uh, oppression and um, social injustice. And much there's been much made of that over the last couple of years. People can see it how they want. You and I have, I think, agreed on the air. It's not anything I would ever do. I'm always proud to stand for the anthem. Right. I don't necessarily approve of it, but I certainly appreciate his right to do it. That's what the country stands for. Very interesting this week before the game, Chris Long, the Eagles' new defensive end, who is from Charlottesville, Virginia, where all those horrible things happened last weekend. And went to UVA. And went to UVA, um, decided he wanted to certainly show support to Malcolm and um, have his own gesture. And what he did is, during the anthem put his arm around Malcolm Jenkins as Jenkins stood there with his fist raised. Um, again, my choice will always be I'm going to stand there hand over heart during the anthem. I sometimes even sing, which is I don't think anybody enjoys, but I do it. Um, but I kind of appreciate what he did as a teammate, and I kind of appreciate what Chris Long did given what his hometown had just been through. I, I liked the solidarity that it showed. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh, I don't know if you are aware, a similar thing happened uh, with the Seattle Seahawks um, uh, in their exhibition game this week, that um, Michael Bennett, the defensive lineman, uh, stayed seated on the bench during the anthem, uh, and one of his teammates, Justin Britt, stood next to him with his hand on his shoulder. Now, he didn't sit, mm-hmm. but he stood next to him with his hand on his shoulder, basically saying, I support what you're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I guess I can't really add much to what you said. It's not something I would do, but uh, I support their right to do it. Right. And I fully I know, understand it. I know how divisive a gesture it is. I know how much people get worked up about it, and I understand how much they get worked up about it. We talked to Malcolm Jenkins about it last year when he was doing it, and I, I mean, I'll keep saying it. I, I, I don't support I don't like it, um, but he's not raising his fist because he hates America. He's raising his fist, he says, because he loves his country and wants it to change. So mm-hmm. that's it. And, and I, 
I kind of like what Chris Long did. Don't yeah. love what Malcolm Jenkins does, but I did kind of like what Chris Long does. Yeah, Chris Long is a is a is a good is a good fellow. Uh, uh, and, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't know how much he's going to add to this team. Uh, but I know he's a guy that um, uh, has always been, wherever he's been, whether it was the St. Louis or whether it was in New England, has always been a guy that's been regarded as a really good teammate and a, real, a guy that just plays hard every snap. And uh, I'm kind of glad the Eagles signed him. You know, I don't know that he's going to get double-digit sacks. I don't know that at, that point, at this point in his career he's going to produce that. But I think he's a guy that is going to, in terms of his effort week in and week out, is going to make you a better team. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Bob in Wilmington, you're on 94 WIP. Sorry, guys, I cut myself off there when you went to me earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just uh, re-answered my question about Pumphrey. I, he has shown so little. I was going to just ask if he might get cut, but Ray said there's no way that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you, you, I mean, you never know with absolute certainty. I mean, sometimes teams do cut draft picks. Uh, I just... I just don't see that here. I, I, I think they, they drafted him with an idea that they have, a, they have this idea that he could be that kind of a, a Sproles-like role player for them down the road, and I don't think they were expecting him to do that much this year anyway. So I think they're going to have some patience with him. Um, but I, I would tell you that I, I'm sure they're a little disappointed in what they've seen so far because in the first two games he's looked, uh, he's, he's looked overmatched, frankly. He's looked, he's looked horrible. He's looked small and slow as how I would, would describe them. But, uh, Glenn, I just wanted to tell you, you inspired me to go back to the website. I've played in your tournament, uh, Last Man Standing, since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the first week is up, just so you know. It is. They didn't even yeah. tell me that. It is? Well, you know what? And, Glenn, I think they've changed the, pri- I think they've changed the prize, too. Um, so you, you can check. Well, I, I better check on it. I, I don't want to speak without knowing well, for certain. Right. I don't want to do that either. Yeah, but, okay. But, i got to get in but, touch with our guys. If it's up, people should go to the WIP website, Last Stand Standing. Uh, you will, I can't give you the exact location because I don't know yet, but you'll find it. Register and enjoy. And uh, I am looking forward to doing it for what I believe, Ray, is the 15th year in a row. I know. That's and pretty impressive. I expect you to enter and hopefully last three or four weeks i haven't entered for a while not easy to do no it's not easy to do i can appreciate that all right let's get mitch you're on 94 wip gentlemen great show uh, ray I'm, I'm like you monday i'm off a half a day i'm not watching the eclipse listen i, I thought I, I wish i had to, you know <laughs> wait how are you not time. watching the eclipse it's i'm it's... off i'm going to do a couple things around the house i'm off for six hours monday then i gotta so you can't step outside for half an hour but I'm going to do some stuff around the house. I'm going to run around, my, and then I'm going to go out it's to lunch the, with my wife. You don't have to drive. My, my, I tell you, my I brother-in-law and my nephew drove to Missouri to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better there because it's directly in the arc of it, but you don't have to. Mitch, this is a celestial event of awe and wonder that occurs yeah. every 37 years. You can't walk out of your stupid living room to the front yard. I'll probably be running around picking up some hardware somewhere, but on a hardware note, People have been calling me about and asking about welding glasses. You can only use one kind. It's a number 14 lens. What do you charge me for that? I, I don't even have them in stock, but I'm not no. selling them at all. But, you know, I have a stupid... See, look. you should have the glasses. You're the kind of guy who could make a killing at the hardware store I, just off the glasses. If I told you how many calls the last two days... Well, there you the go. Phone, okay. Off the hook. Right. One, one stupid football bet. You could, you know, you can go meat and potatoes how many times, you know, Blunt's going to... You know, get a first down. Uh, but I like this odd bet. How many minutes 
this is really weird, but Wentz is actually going to sit down the whole season, be it if we're going to a playoff game or... You mean beyond, be, you mean not play? Yeah, not play. You know, be it if you're going to a playoff or he's sitting down because, you know, God forbid an yeah, injury. Can, can I tell you something, Mitch? With all due respect to your family... Go ahead, Ray. You finish the sentence. It ain't happening. That's it. That's an, in, that's an inane bet. That's not even a stupid bet. It ain't happening. And the only reason the only reason he, the only reason he could possibly sit down the only reason he would sit down would be an injury. I mean, he's he's not going to sit down otherwise. And you know, I guess Mitch was suggesting that they might at the end of the season, the 16th week might not mean oh, yeah. anything. So oh, sure. Everybody's dying to see more of Matt McGloin. Yeah. I don't think so. No. If, if, if Carson Wentz is, is physically able to take the snap, he's taking the snap. Right. Last year he sat out one series, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that overpaid imposter who made $8 million through one or two passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be any different this year. And then he came back in the game and uh, after concussion protocol, and the head coach had him lead blocking on the next play. Remember that? As I said, I've got some questions about Doug Peterson. And you think? That's, that's, that, those, those kind of things are kind of at the top of the list, those head scratchers. He's not even going to walk out of his house to view this thing. And you're kind of – you're the same thing. I sense with you – here's what – this is what you are, Ray. Mm-hmm. I got you figured out. Oh, you do, huh? I absolutely do. Okay, tell me. The whole world – well, not the world. The whole United States is excited about – this eclipse on Monday. Mitchie isn't. Well, think about who the road you walk on. Okay. Who's walking on the same road as you. <laughs> for you, this is what I think it is. You're a little too cool for the game. Everybody's doing it, so Ray's not doing it. That's what I'm seeing. No, you're reading too much into it. I just, I, I, I don't even know what I'm going to be thinking about it. I'm just going to be doing other stuff. And well, I'm, when the sky goes dark, I think it'll occur to you. I mean, I know we're going through troubled times in this country. Mm-hmm. And when this guy goes dark, just so you know, we assume it's not North Korea at that moment. Let's hope. Well, yeah, let's hope. But, <laughs> but, but when this guy goes dark, you're not even going to say, like, wow, I'm going outside just to take a look at this. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, not, I'm just not phased by this. It, you know, it's nothing I can control. It's just going to happen with, with or without me. So. That's why it's wonderful. It's bigger than you and me. Oh. If you're a religious you're person, done. you can see it that way. If you're a man of science, you can see it as the awe of science. I feel like I'm working with Frank Reynolds. All right. No, this is Carl Sagan. All right. Tomorrow I'll sway you. All right? Yeah. yeah right. I got Tomorrow I got Katie Fellinger is going to come on with us. She'll sway. You, you, you may not respect me, but you respect her. I, I do respect Katie Fellinger. There you go. That's going to, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Vince and Jack produced today. Jack Fritz back in the studio. Vince Quinn here at Delaware Park You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.